Hey, welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group to prepare for our Big Book Study. Wow! Let's get focused by having a three-minute meditation period, followed by that fog light prayer. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Doc. And I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start <laughs> the meditation in a minute. So please take a moment to get situated. Uh, turn off the devices back home that are going to distract you. Um, you got a couple of things on AA live internet etiquette you want etiquette. to talk about. It's a meeting, so uh, we don't attend meetings while laying in our beds half naked. We sit up in a chair or at a table like we're attending a meeting, and we uh, act as if our grand sponsor was sitting next to us. Ooh, well, six feet away. <laughs> Mine's dead, so he can sit right in my lap. Uh, the coffee, don't worry about the coffee or have fun with that. Uh, please refrain from disturbing others by uh, sending silly comments and whatnot through. We got a problem there, sir? It pops on and off. Don't worry about it. It catches up. And if you need coffee, uh, designate a coffee area in your own home, please. Um, so let's take this time. You want to get the monk music? And I'll come back and take a look at that with you, Mike. Um, could yeah. use some crazy stress relieving today, right? Focus on your breath, your posture. Breathe in that white light of God, that golden light of God, and breathe out that dark, smoky self. We'll see you guys in three minutes. Enjoy your time with God and the monks. The, uh, 
prayer. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light, so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. So we got uh, our secretary tonight is going to be Mark, and here's Mark. Hi, my name is Mark. And I am your recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with our seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside Contributions, the baskets normally go around. We're going to ask you to, if you can and will, contribute anything you have to the local intergroup office. And I'm going to read the recovered statement here in a few. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering, what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. Recovered, we are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain for us, with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. 1940-style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% of them got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. We have CDs, mugs, large print big books, little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale. We will gladly mail one to you. We meet every Monday promptly at 7.15. We ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the Road to Recovery tune. Thanks, See you Mark. Next week. Appreciate it. No um, from the forward of the first, from the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. From there is a solution, also from the big book. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree, and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. 
This is an open meeting. As such, all have interest in alcoholism and the program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself, know your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so. You know, if you guys are checking us out on Zoom, you can always go anonymous on Zoom with no picture. If you want to get some fake Facebook name and come on Facebook and join us with an anonymous name, make a name up, Daffy Donald Duck or something like that, we have an opportunity for you guys to sit, you know, keep your anonymity if that's what you really wish to have. If not, just feel free to be who he is. Yeah, we can, uh, can we have a show of thumbs of people joining us for the first time? And then... The recovered alcoholics. We'll see those guys. While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who recover, wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and the duties of, of such a responsibility. So if nobody has a big book, there's a great opportunity for you to go online and search for your area inner group they can get one to you probably go into a zoom meeting and scream i need a meeting you'll probably be able to get somebody to get one over to you that's the cool thing about this thing it kind of works um last week we did tradition 11 which would mean we're tradition doce doce tonight that's going to be on page 562 in your big fat books and if you got the little bridge that's 117 and that's going to be done for her final episode miss tanisha, da- tanisha. Ooh, thank you. The antiseptic date. She's an antiseptic woman. She sprays us down literally. Thank you. By the way, thank you for the, the past 16 weeks of doing this 12-week series. That was great. It's my privilege. Thank, thank you. you for allowing me to be of service. Tanisha Recovered Alcoholic. Hey, Tanisha. And now for the final tradition. Tradition 12, which states, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And in the long form, we have... And finally, we of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the principle of anonymity has an immense spiritual significance. It reminds us that we are to place principles before personalities, that we are actually to practice a genuine humility. This too, the end, that our great blessings may never spoil us, that we shall forever live in thankful contemplation of him, with a capital H, who presides over us all. And with that said, anonymity to me is... Very spiritual on top of that because, you know, my ego uh, plays a big factor (laughs) in my life. Um, I feed off of it, you know, and I would love to make myself great. But here I'm taught the opposite, you know. Um, I leave those big dreams and aspirations and desires and ambitions, you know, for the outside world. Here I'm just a member and I will always be just a member um, no matter how... You know, much I do in AA, you know, come forth in the future, you know, or even now, um, I will always just be a member. And, you know, I was thinking about the early days, how we were once, you know, considered like a secret society, you know, because, you know, even back then it was one of our biggest fears. What will happen when everyone knows about us? 
and what would they think of us and you know how can this you know ruin our reputation and things like that and you know what about the whole wave of people that we won't be able to accommodate because we have so little power you know and how this thing can just you know really destroy us as a whole and you know when i when i think of that um it's important for us to keep our anonymity um not only on radio press and film but also you know not to make ourselves you know this aa messiah you know and big ourselves up you know on a platform that you know we really have no right to because we completely sacrifice that responsibility we give that up and when we give that up you know that is you know relying heavily on a power greater than ourselves and putting that first and those spiritual principles actually is what ties us all together because without those spiritual principles we are nothing we would just collapse and with that said um i will forever keep my spiritual principles you know before my personal intentions you know because i never want my personal intentions to get the best of me ever again I know exactly where that takes me to, and it's not a good place. So thank you for letting me share, and thank you for letting me be of service, and I really appreciate it. And Tanisha, will you come back and do the concepts for us? Sure. Why not? (laughs) One more spray. Wow. Thank you for that commitment that it come to go and study up and do this. It's really amazing that people step up and do that. I appreciate it. You got a busy life. You got kids. You have a couple. You have a job. You have family. And she sponsors and she helps out. And she's a Zoominator now. You Zoom? She's a Zoominator. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for the, for the commitment you make. You know, when somebody makes a commitment, to follow through with it. That's so cool. And we do appreciate that. Um, in order for us to stay, especially us two, to stay focused in the big book, we use the big book study guide prepared uh, by Krusty Cliff with the aid of Joe and Charlie of the big book comes alive seminar fame. Yep. Not fame. Notoriety. Notoriety is a good Notoriety, word. Notoriety, yeah. So tonight's reader, who should we have for our reader tonight? Mark? I'm already here. Think Mark? Okay, we got Mark. Cool. <laughs> Let's do it. So tonight we're going to begin on page 30. We're going to start at the top of page 36, well into Jim's story. We're going to get through Jim's story and get through the jaywalkers and pick up some steam tonight. And uh, the way that's worked is after the page is read in the front, the pages is read by the front by Mark, we're going to ask questions from the podium, lecterns, starting back at the top of page 37-ish ballpark. The answers will be one sentence unless otherwise specified in multi-part questions are simply one sentence answer split up by them commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of pronunciation. Basically in English what that means is that we're going to read the material once through, then re-dissect the information a second time through the question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions Give us a new light on which to consider the study material. And this is important because hearing the questions and rereading the content offers us a definite way of, again, like this part, comprehending the material we've just covered. After we've completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what was just read. 
if you uh, if you have spiritual experience <laughs> with the information, feel free to share. And if you don't, and if you're new, and you know. Right. Perhaps it's just best to just sit along and listen and ask your questions to some sponsors and stuff a, a like 90 that. Ninety day border is a good place. Nine day border, sober, good. Got any questions? Sober. Talk to your sponsor. Um, what do they say? We don't need them. The mess. We want the message. That's right. However, big book study is not therapy. Should you begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different, i.e., sponsorship setting, please do not be offended. When I, somebody here, probably me, uh, cut that conversation short, for that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after, after our study time. You know, and we don't have much opportunity for one-on-one fellowshipping, so be sure to reach out to your friends, your sponsee brothers. We got FaceTime. You know, we can still have face-to-face conversations. I'm, I, I, I'm working with uh, people FaceTime, booking, sitting there with the book. They're at their dining room table. I'm at my dining room table. It can be done. It's nice to you know to shake hands and hug and you know smoke cigarettes and right. cigars we with each other. But we, we, we do the best we can under this. Um, you can never go wrong by commenting on the page and staying to the page, which brings us to the words of one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous: Sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teachings and practice of the Twelve Steps, is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. And the first person that can text us on who that is will mail you out a coffee mug. How's that? Ooh. Ooh. Speaking of that, you know, we're on Bill's or Jim's story, and um, we just didn't start here for fun. You know, 26 weeks ago, we started on page zero of the forwards. And the reason we started in the forwards is because we feel, well, first of all, that's where you're starting a book. But it's also you know, kind of important to know what you're getting into. If you are being introduced to a way of life, a program that hopefully will be a way to you to have a relationship with God for the rest of your life, it's nice to know what you're getting into. So we got some some history, some of the milestones, some of the, the low points of Alcoholics Anonymous to help us get going so that we know what we're getting ourselves into. And then in order to find out what alcoholism is and what alcoholism isn't, we start on a journey starting with the chapter called... The Doctor's Opinion, in which a, a non-spiritual uh, viewpoint of alcoholism, a, a medical viewpoint... And uh, I think that's where most of us realized uh, that we were alcoholics by reading that, which led us to the story of the first alcoholic in the book. Bill's story. And one thing about the doctor's opinion, it was cool to find out that I didn't have to decide to, to base my alcoholism on consequences, on economic issues. It was based on a fundamental, do I have an allergic reaction? And do I have the inability to stop what I want when I don't want to? Physical it's, laws. Yeah. So then we got Bill Stray, which brings the forwards and the doctor's opinions to life. We see his journey with enjoyment of alcohol, struggles with alcohol, complete failure to alcohol, and a solution which is sort of touched on. And we're going to cover that in a chapter called... Well, there is a solution. And what Bill links to that is he says, the end of his story, there is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. And then he jumps into the solution. And we have more about alcoholism, which we're at now. And the more about alcoholism, it's sort of like uh, buying a car. You know, when you finally they made a decision, they're going to run by every reason why you should buy the car. We're going to run by every reason why you need to follow through with the program of action. What happens to alcoholics who have knowledge, who have reasons beyond any other reason to not drink, still pick up drinking? What is that mental obsession and how that interacts with us? And then we're going to touch on how we get rid of that through a spiritual experience. So we read about uh, people who try to prove they're not alcoholics by every means possible, by uh, different types of booze, different settings, um, different uh, 
rules on when and when I can't drink. Um, and then we see how the man of 30 who was born with an allergic phenomenon early on in life. So when he started drinking, he immediately suffered from phenomenon of craving, but no mental obsession. We're going to find out that that comes a little bit later on. So now we're getting into a story. We're just wrapping up Jim's story. Finally, the car salesman, we love his story. And, we, and, and the way that you know, everybody has a different way of looking at Jim's story. But the thing that I took away from Jim's story is he felt that if he could drink and not have consequences, not get caught, that he wouldn't be alcoholic. So he kept trying. And we see in Jim's story, he had the same life pattern, doing what he always did before with the intention of not having a drink problem. But as an alcoholic, anytime we consume alcoholism, the phenomenon of craving kicks in, no matter what the great desire is. What was your take on Jim's story? It, 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 the experiment, and I've talked about it for a couple of weeks, that this great experiment that we're going to try to drink that first drink without consequences over and over again, and that it may be, you know, Jim here was on getting ready. He was in between his sixth and seventh <laughs> crash, and yet I've, uh, you know, heard stories of people with decades that suddenly decide to uh, experiment one more time. And uh, I, I, I was amazed that, that, that that's how he looked at the whole thing, was an experiment. Mm-hmm. Which failed, but also was proof beyond reason. He has to follow through with a program he of action. He thought it was successful <laughs> at first. <laughs> And then, even though he did want to quit, he could not quit. And that's where we come across that whole spiritual experience. We're going to start, and then we're going to slide into some jaywalking, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Fred tonight. We'll see how much we fly through tonight. But we're going to have you just start reading one of my favorite lines on the book. Everyone who's familiar with Jim's story will know exactly what we're picking up. The top of page 36, and this represents, by the way, Jim's seventh white chip, if they were white chipping back in those days. Um, would you start reading the top of 36 and then we'll just read out till we tell you to stop. Sure. Thanks very much. Speak loud and fix that microphone so it's actually in front of your face. In English, please. There you go. Put the thing behind your back. You gotta say that. You got it. Go for it. For non-English, press two. (laughs) Zoom. Alright, yet he got drunk again. Bing! We asked him to tell us exactly how it happened. This is his story. I came to work on Tuesday morning. I remember I felt irritated that I had to be a salesman for a concern I once owned. I had a few words with the boss, but nothing serious. Then I decided to drive into the country and see one of my prospects for a car. On the way, I felt hungry, so I stopped at a roadside place where they have a bar. I had no intention of drinking. I just thought I would get a sandwich. I also had the notion that I might find a customer for a car at this place, which was familiar for I had been going to it for years. I had eaten there many times during the months I was sober. I sat down at a table and ordered a sandwich and a glass of milk. Can't hear him. Continue. Still no thought of drinking, I ordered another sandwich and decided to have another glass of milk. Suddenly the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it couldn't hurt me on a full stomach. I ordered a whiskey and poured it into the milk. I vaguely sensed I was not being any too smart, but felt reassured I was taking the whiskey on a full stomach. The experiment went so well that I ordered another whiskey and poured it into more milk. That didn't seem to bother me, so I tried another. Phenomenon has kicked in by this time. (laughs) Thus started one more journey to the asylum for Jim. 
Here was the threat of commitment, the loss of family and position, to say nothing of that intense mental and physical suffering which drinking always caused him. He had much knowledge about himself as an alcoholic, yet all reasons for drinking were easily pushed aside in favor of the foolish idea that he could take whiskey if he mixed it with milk. Mm. Whatever the precise definition of the word may be, we call this plain insanity. How, how can such a lack of proportion of the ability to think straight be called anything else? So I'm going to jump really quick to page 24 just to remind us what's going on here with Jim. I love this paragraph. I call it the untreated fact box. <clears throat> the fact is that for most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Their so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. You may think this an extreme case. To us it is not far-fetched, for this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. We have sometimes reflected more than Jim did upon the consequences. But there was always a curious mental phenomenon that parallel with our sound reasoning there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink. Our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. The insane idea won out. Next day, we would ask ourselves in all earnestness and sincerity how it could have happened. In some circumstances, we have gone out deliberately to get drunk feeling ourselves justified by nervousness, anger, worry, depression, jealousy, or the like. But even in this type of beginning, we are obliged to admit that our justification for a spree was insanely insufficient in the light of what always happened. We now see that when we began to drink deliberately instead of casually, there was little serious or effective thought during the period of premeditation of what the terrific consequences might be. Our behavior is as absurd and incomprehensible with respect to the first drink as that of an individual with a passion, say, for jaywalking. He gets a thrill out of skipping in front of fast-moving vehicles. He enjoys himself for a few years in spite of friendly warnings. Up to this point, you would label him as a foolish chap having queer ideas of fun. Luck then deserts him, and he is slightly injured several times in succession. You would expect him, if he were normal, to cut it out. Presently, he is hit again, and this time has a fractured skull. Within a week after leaving the hospital at a fast-moving trolley, car breaks his arm. He tells you he has decided to stop jaywalking for good, but in a few weeks, he breaks both his legs. Mm. On through the years, this conduct continues, accompanied by his continual promises to be careful or to keep off the streets altogether. Finally, he can no longer work. His wife gets a divorce and he is held up to ridicule. He tries every mean, every known means to get the jaywalking idea out of his head. He shuts himself up in an asylum, hoping to mend his ways. But the day he comes out, he races in front of a fire engine, which breaks his back. Such a man would be crazy, wouldn't he? You may think our illustration is too ridiculous, but is it? We, who have been through the ringer, have to admit we, if we substituted alcoholism for jaywalking, the illustration would fit us exactly. However intelligent we may be in other respects, where alcohol has been involved, we have been strangely insane. It's strong language, but isn't it true? So we're going to hang with uh, the jaywalker for a little while. Sounds like a fun person. He reminds me of skateboarders, actually. 
So we're going to start. Notice there are queer ideas at the top of page 38. I'm just saying. Odd, unusual, strange ones to go with. <laughs> so 37, we're going to stop at the first full paragraph. Oh, this is two full sentences. Um, first paragraph. What would we or anyone else call this action? And Whatever. You are. You may think this is an extreme nope, case. Nope, the paragraph above that. Whatever the precise definition of the word may be, we call this plain insanity. What other term would be more appropriate? Uh, how can such a lack of proportion of the ability to think straight be called anything else? Yeah, this inability. Those are the two points. Our families just don't get it. Our right. friends big don't. things seem little, little things seem big, and we cannot go from point A to point B without going through the rest of the alphabet. How many times has somebody been to a family event and they're told, now stay off the hard stuff, just stick with wine. <laughs> <laughs> Until we sneak off to the back to do shots of Jack when no one's looking. Is, so next paragraph. Is this kind of thinking far-fetched two full sentences? Uh, you may think this is an extreme case. To us, it is not far-fetched for this kind of thinking. Uh, uh, no, there's one more question for oh, that. Oh, is there? Yeah. It's not Have some of us just been given more thought to the consequences than others? This kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. And two-part question. What is, what, is, what is curious about the alcoholic's thinking? What overrode his sound reasoning? Uh, we have sometimes... Reflected more than Jim did upon the consequences. But there was always the curious mental phenomenon that parallel with our sound reasoning. There inevitably ran some insane, trivial excuse for taking the first drink. And one more sentence. Our sound reasoning failed. In fact, there was no sound reasoning, it says later, to hold us in check. What always wins out? The insane idea won out. And the last sentence of that paragraph. Next day, we would ask ourselves, in all earnestness and sincerity, how could it have happened? So, by the way, this is now open for comments. We got a couple people here masked up outside and and around the room. If they want to come up and share, feel free. Also, if you wish to share via telephone... We have a phone number. What's that number, Mike Chase? That number is 954, once again, area code 954-260-4760. Maybe they would hear it better with your voice. Our 1-800 number is BR549. That was a hee-haw reference. Nobody in this room got it. (laughs) 954-260-4760. Or you could sing it. 954-260-4760. I knew I should have brought a bicycle bell tonight. <laughs> Just Call for the Empire. <laughs> so does anybody here have anything to share on this particular one? Are we going to move on? Doc? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump down the page just a little bit there. Um, the next to the last paragraph near the bottom, it says, There was little serious or effective thought during the period of premeditation. So there was no reasoning anyway, even though, you know, I'm, I'm convincing myself that, that, I, that I am reasoning through it, opposed, that I'm 
I'm, I'm weighing it out, right, by a preponderance of the evidence. Should I go with this sound reasoning, which is non-existent, or this crazily insane, trivial excuse for taking the first drink? Like, uh, who told me that before? Oh, oh, a friend of mine said uh, she made it through the swine flu, and she thought that drinking would keep her virus-free through all of it, that she drank enough alcohol that she would be clean. (laughs) <laughs> so we have a caller on the line. We're screening the call right now to find out who it is. We'll be bringing that in just a minute. St. Louis, We're you're on the air. On the, uh, you know how to remember how to do that? Yes, we have Stephanie on the line. Hi, Stephanie. Here, so. Stephanie. Do it in whichever. You Am can I do on? It. You're on. on. You're on, Steph. All right, I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Stephanie. And, um, Podium to the speaker. Your service. I definitely can relate to um, everything we've read. Especially how it was that subtle sort of resentment that he had where he was basically spiritually unfit to even go to that restaurant. And I know for me, my last relapse, I had a resentment against my roommate because of our living situation. And even though I was fighting to make it work, deep down I didn't want it to. And in my big book, next to, we have sometimes reflected more than Jim did upon the consequences I remember on my last relapse looking at a tree and I looked at the leaves. I remember thinking to myself, I am never going to see a tree this green again. And I didn't see a tree that green again for about six months until they were able to get me back in treatment and send me to Florida. (coughs) And I felt justified. I felt anger. I felt all these things. I went out on a lie. And I have it in my book in big print. We go out on a lie. And so... This just really reminds me how my alcoholism isn't just about how I was homeless or all those different things. It was a solution to a problem because I didn't have any other solutions at that time. So I just wanted to share about that. And uh, thank you all for letting me share. Great. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you for sharing. I don't have a driver's license, I don't have insurance. I have a pocket full of non conference approved products I've been trying to sell, which I did most of. And um, I shouldn't be drinking to drive home, but I figure I will just leave early before the the drunk rush and take, you know, secret little roads home and stuff like that. That was my justification to get drunk that night. I've gone down to the bar scene to, 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 to sell my wares, but not drink, and that lasted about, I don't know, five minutes in the club before I started doing that. All those opportunities that just never fell through. Oh, I have a better insanity. I, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hillbillies wasn't as funny without weed. <laughs> True. So I thought, well, I, you know, I'm not going to smoke weed today. I'm going to because I'm going to taper off, right? I'm going to get lower. I'm going to control it, and then it would come on TV, and I'd think, well, I better roll a joint just for this to make Jethro funny. And there's a, you know, an insanely, ridiculously stupid excuse for breaking my word to myself. Yeah. Insanity is, the definition is doing the same thing over and over again, no, trying to get it. No, 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 no. Absolutely We don't even know not. who wrote that, right? We don't want it to know who wrote not it. Einstein, I can tell you that. The human mind, the human genetics, the human behaviors have built in, let's not do shit that's going to kill me. We know not to go pet a lion for some reason. You know, you don't need to go, the, the cavemen and the wild people, you know. So every time I drink, I put my life on the line. For me to still do that, that's a form of insanity because it's completely insane to put my life and other people's in lives too. 
And, and, and I think that's one of the things that ground my brain down was that I knew that if I drank again, I was going to kill myself, but I also felt that if I didn't get a drink, I was going to die. So I had both working against each other, and, and eventually it was, you know, I'd, I'd rather die than feel like I'm going to die. Does that make sense, right? I'd rather drink and eventually die of it than not drink and feel like I'm going to die. That was worse. Always afraid I'm going to miss out on something. I would be that designated driver. <laughs> and I would go there. And, ama- and then, of course, they bump into me and I'm sloshed. And they said, dude, you were like, I know, but I just I changed my mind. I was, I was designated driver because they always gave you free drinks. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so we're going to pick up on the... Uh, and thanks for calling in. That was nice. And, and the sound was pretty good, too. It worked out really good. We're going to pick up on the next paragraph, if I can find that. Um, yeah, here's the next paragraph. Two-part question. You ready there? Yeah. Do we occasionally decide to get drunk and then go for it? And B, what prompts us to do such a crazy thing? The fudgets. Well, in some circumstances, we have gone out deliberately to get drunk, feeling ourselves justified by our nervousness, anger, worry, depression, jealousy, that's a good one, or the like. What's that part in the book where it talks about our, our, our forms of character defects, a million forms of character defects? That's them coming to right. life. My lying, blindly. Cheat, my, my lying, cheating, stealing, manipulation, my, my disconnection from God. Yeah, I have no other way to deal with it than perhaps have a drink and show you that you should have treated me a little bit better. <laughs> Next question. What are we obligated to admit after such a binge? Well... Even in this type of beginning, we're obliged to admit that our justification for a spree, for a binge, was insanely insufficient in the light of what always happened. There's there's the breakdown of that doing the same thing. Oh, no, 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 no. It says it right there, right? Insanely insufficient because I always knew what was going to happen. I didn't expect something different. Hmm. Two-part question. You ready for this one? We. We, What do we come to understand when we start drinking deliberately? And B, at this stage of the disease, can we imagine what the consequences will be when we start drinking? E. E. We now see that when we began to drink deliberately instead of casually, there was little serious or effective thought during the the period of premeditation of what the terrific consequences might be. The drink, I didn't even the think drinking about it. at people. Not thinking right. about it. This is the drinking at You don't want me to drink? Well, I'll show you. I, I, I can no, drink. It's the kid jumping off the, the fourth-story balcony into the pool. It's just do it. it there was no thought. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, Comment. As we study the story of the jaywalker, look at the similarities between the crazy fool and us and the chronic alcoholic. Pause. 1930s, there was no cliff diving. There was no bungee cord jumping. They didn't have, like, good roller skates. They didn't have hang gliding. They didn't have parlaying where you jump on the So 
at one point in time, somebody who was trying to get... They didn't have escalators. They didn't have anything. Somebody's <laughs> trying to have some fun, and he decides... He's not trying to have fun. He's late for work, so traffic in New York's going about 10, 15 miles an hour nonstop. He decides he's in late, so he cuts through fast-moving traffic, 15 miles an hour, and he comes out the other side with a heck of an adrenaline rush. And then he tells his buddy about that. Next thing you know, the big rage in that part time of year was jaywalking. People were doing it out of the thrill. The thrill seekers were doing it. You know, if you you can take jaywalking, almost change it for skateboarders. Because look at our skateboarding friends that bus continue, bust themselves up for what? Because no, they the get bus something. Surfers on top bus of surfers, the, bus. the subway. By surfers, the way, I did the jaywalking surfers. rush on Hallandale Boulevard Saturday night. How'd it go? Well. There's not as much traffic, so it was easier than normal. But it's a but rush, isn't it? It's a rush. I just wanted to experience. So when we get into the show, so remember. I know what we were talking they're about. J- they're not jaywalking because they're late and it's a good idea. They're not jaywalking because they're lazy to go up to the crosswalk. They're doing it because they get a rush out of it. And we're going to see how that sort of comes around. Why do we drink? It is our solution. We get a rush out of it. Yeah. Apply that to most relationships we like to have. Crazy relationships. Jaywalker right? relationships. Whoa. <laughs> so, now you're ready here. I am, monsieur. Okay. To whom do the first 100 compare our behavior? Our behavior is as absurd and incomprehensible with respect to the first drink as that of an individual with a passion, say, for jaywalking. Whoa. What really thrilled this guy? He gets a thrill out of skipping in front of fast-moving vehicles. And what do we get out of that first drink? What does that sound like? <sighs> yeah, well, it's that first drink. It's that first. And then the time. second one sounds, yeah, maybe the second. And for me, the third or fourth is when the phenomenon on would kick in. You yeah, know? yeah. And I'm not getting anywhere near the rush that I got off the first one. By now. Then. But I have to Gotta drink catch now. it. Two-part question. Was he, was he having fun? And did his actions bother his friends? Yes, he enjoys himself for a few years in spite of friendly warnings. Did your friends bother your did your drinking bother your friends? <laughs> no, because my two friend my true friends weren't bothered by it and I got rid of those nosy nobodies. I honest to goodness thought all my friends did a lot more than I did. And then when I got sober they all went like Oh, man, we're really happy because we were worried for you. I had sponsees with their, their, their suppliers were like, I was going to talk to you about it. We were going to have an intervention. The whole cartel was going to have an intervention. Next question. What happened, when, what happened to him when his luck ran out? Up to this point, you would label him as a foolish chap having queer ideas of fun. Uh-huh. And what then it's followed mean? up with this what question. What does that mean? Let's do, I'm not going to let that go. Okay, what are queer fun. ideas of fun? Um, I don't know. Jumping out in fast-moving cars, <laughs> spinning around. That might be one of them. Okay, I'll buy that. Okay. I'll buy that. I like that. Um, what other ideas did we have that was fun? Uh, trying to hop train cars. Stealing. Stealing. Yep. I, I would love Borrowing to see. Borrowing copious amounts of drugs on credit and then not selling them but doing them. Yes, with the full intention of selling them. That was fun. That was just insanity. What happened, speaking of that, what happens when the luck ran out? (laughs) Someone knocks on the door and (laughs) you run. (laughs) Luck then deserts him. Oh, my God. And he is slightly injured several times in succession. Wow, that is my life story. 
I once had a, a, a supplier show up to my house while I just when he's banging on a tennis racket trying to scare me. I just like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> he, stole, he took my motorcycle. Imagine how big the guys were that scared me. Yeah. Yeah. They were freaking gorillas. Yeah, I was a suburban person. You were the real no, deal. They, if he were normal... <laughs> they had one eye right in the middle of their head. <laughs> if he were normal, what would he have done at this point? You would expect him, if he were normal, to cut it out. Now, there's a note here. And if you were a normal person, what would you have done when your drinking started causing you problems? <laughs> Got new friends? Right. Changed from cha- switch liquors. Yeah, we're talking about the teetotalers, the moderate drinkers, not the heavy hard drinkers. The heavy hard no. drinkers would just lie more. Right. Um, Move from the white collar bar to the blue collar bar. bars. All of the yeah. blue collar bars. Those are better. Tank top bars are. Oh, the elbow Tank room. Elbow bars. room. God, the I had man, a the manhole. I had a relapse. <laughs> okay. But since he apparently was not normal, what happened to him? Presently, he is hit again, and this time has a fractured skull. Within a week, what happened? Within a week, after leaving the hospital, a fast-moving trolley car breaks his arm. Um, Let's not concentrate so much on these consequences, but the fact that stuff was happening that caused no concern about him concerning, even considering stopping. Well, and, and, and if we go back... To uh, 20, I think it's Four? 21 and 22, 21. right? Where it gives us the different types of, of alcoholics. And it says as long as he has a reason enough to quit, and Silkworth talked about that, right? As long as it, it, you're not at that alcoholic level, right? You may be a hard drinker, a problem drinker, but as long as there's a, a reason sufficient enough for me to stop, I'll stop. Right? Like, I got a meeting tomorrow, so I can't make it. And then Silkworth says that we've seen guys that absolutely had to make that meeting Monday, and they were slammed Sunday night. And, they, and, and no amount of reason, once you become a real alcoholic, there's, there's no consequences, no reasons for me to stop that is sufficient enough for me to be able to stop. I wish that there was fear of success. <laughs> that was a great get out of jail free card. Get out of blame free. You, you no, fear I'm, success. No, oh, I have perfect. a mental obsession that prevents me from finding him. Yeah, I am yeah. too successful. I, I, I fear my own. So success. this is a lot of stuff. This is part A and B, and there's some pretty good notes in here. So let's just hit on the questions. You're, you're not going to skip. This the is legs, this is though, taking right? out the rest of the take us out for the rest of this paragraph with. That piece of bad luck, what did he decide to do? From your drinking, what did you decide to do? And B, what were the consequences of his inability to manage that decision to quit for good and all? He had made the decision to quit and all, but he's incapable of doing that. Right. So you got to read the book part. He tells you he has decided to stop jaywalking for good. But in a few weeks, he breaks both legs. And uh, I don't think I came to uh, I'm going to stop for good. I, I got to the I'm going to get in control of this. I'm going to like uh, un- unlike our, our jaywalker, I didn't decide to stop. I decided to uh, be more efficient in my jaywalking, right? That I would uh, 
I would only, I would only, I, I, I make sure I eat before I drink, because that's when I got really crazy. Was when I'd go out and not eat on an empty stomach, or um, I would get control of it in, in some way. But Therefore, it's not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. <laughs> the idea that somehow, someday, we will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of death or insanity. He has not had that aha moment yet, that, that, that clarity, the, the spiritual, you know, the grace of God. is a I thought you were going to take us to the... Oh, take the, us there. To the alignment. We, we are like men who have lost their legs. We'll never grow new ones. <laughs> right? It's kind of a callback. I like how everything we've read previous in the book is just reintroduced to us in a way that maybe this particular way of looking at it is going to catch you. You know, right. this got me, but this is going to get you. It's, it's the, just the, the, the way it's so written. It's just beautiful. And I don't believe it was written... With that in mind, I don't believe accidental. That they, they, right, I don't Completely believe they accidental. looked at the stories and said, "Let's make sure this backs up all the facts we've written previously." I think they just wrote the stories. Uh, yeah, and then we look at it and go, "Wow, these these match up exactly." Well, right. I'm sure when they wrote Home Alone, they never exper- expected to have that <laughs> success either. Sometimes God just shines through, and we get great stuff. That's legitimate. Yeah. All right. Okay, now I feel where we're questions. Okay, next paragraph. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that over there, Mark? You got something to throw in at us? You can say no. No, I'm good for now. Okay, cool. Next paragraph. <laughs> anybody want to come up from, want to go in the parking lot and see if anybody wants to come in and share? It's sort of like a drive-in movie theater out there. <laughs> Their drive-by, drive-by yeah. meeting. Uh, next paragraph. Here we go. By the way, when we get to 8.15, would somebody do a noise for us so we know that's going, or 8.12, perhaps? We're way past 8.12. No, you're good. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, next paragraph. Did he keep on trying to quit? On through the years, this conduct continues. Two-part, ooh, three-part question. Mm. Sit up straight. Did this problem cost him his job? Did this problem cost him his wife? Did it make a fool of him? Accompanied by his continual promises to be careful or to keep off the streets altogether, finally, he can no longer work. His wife gets a divorce, or today it would be a a Zoom-vorce. And he is (laughs) held up to ridicule. Hmm. Did he try everything he could think of to quit? Yes, he tries every known means to get the jaywalking idea out of his head. So, by the way, this is sort of a, a sneaky way of having us think about drinking. Remember, we're not. This isn't jaywalkers anonymous. Yes, yeah. yeah. That if the if the formula is true, if it's truth, it'll apply to everything. Right? Think of some other area of somebody else's life where this is still going An on. Obsession. Yeah, the mental right. obsession. Because I don't think he's... I bet you he suffered a phenomenon of craving when he got it, that rush. I'll bet it did, because there are, there are physiological yeah. chemicals happening yeah. in, in the brain. How far did he go on trying to find a way to quit jaywalking? Um, he tried every idea to get out of his, uh, his head. He shuts himself up in an asylum, yet again another asylum. So what happened the day he left the security of the 
rehab detox halfway house three quarter way house the day he comes out the cartoon birds were singing and the sun was shining and he races in front of a fire engine which breaks his back <laughs> well, label, this is an important one. I this, headed right for the liquor store. I think oh, this is... Out, the, turned left. <laughs> is this right? I think this, this, is, this sums it all up, hopefully. What label would you and everyone else put on this guy? Well, such a man would be crazy, wouldn't he? Hmm. Is this illustration ridiculous? Two sentences. Well, you may think our illustration is too ridiculous, but is it? That was a good one. Um, what will the be alcoholics admit? We who have been through the ringer, and they don't know what a ringer is anymore, right? It was that thing on a, on a washing machine called a mangler that it used to squeeze the clothes all the... And, and they used to say, you'd get your blank caught in the ringer because the old lady would lean over and get caught in the ringer. And people right? would die. Yeah. Well, at least hurt like a mamma jam with a purple nurple. Okay. We what? who have been through the ringer have to admit if we substituted alcoholism for jaywalking, the illustration would fit us exactly. As intelligent, as smart as we are, what do we honestly admit? However intelligent we may have been in other respects, and we are, where, where, alcohol, where alcohol has been involved, we have been strangely insane. S strong language, but it's yeah. true. And it's here it is. Is this true or false? Isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? Is true, it isn't true it? or false? True, isn't it? True, isn't However it? It's English. It? So that's one of the things that we, if we go back and look at like Bill's story. This is a guy who, when he set his mind to a, a task, right. he followed through with it. Yeah, he's a winner. Early on, when he, everything, when he was a young kid and you know, growing up, he wanted to be captain and chairperson of everything he could possibly get a hold of. He came back from war. He wanted to be successful. He wanted to have a great life for his wife. He changed Wall Street. He was a multimillionaire on paper. This is a guy who, when he put his mind to something, he accomplished it. Except when it came to trying to control his drinking or prevent himself from drinking, a complete failure. Strangely we're trying to get rid of that. We're trying to get rid of that stereotype that I I can't be alcoholic, which I believe I can't be. I could be a, a heavy partier, but I'm not an alcoholic because I got a jobish. Right. I, I have a house. Right. I'm not I have stupid. a car. You know, I've got all this stuff. The guy under the bridge, that's alcoholism. But we're bringing a new light of alcoholism that you can still be a successful, intelligent, hardworking, successful person and get this, suffer from the phenomenon of craving, which is just a biological reaction. And we have to go back, I think, to, to uh, the doctor's opinion where it talked about moral psychology and what that is and what that means and how the whole world looked at alcoholism is just they're, they're, they have no values, they have no morals, they're just, uh, uh, you know, they're not, they're not morally strong. They may be intelligent, but they're not morally strong. Mm -hmm. And then I have no idea what's going on because I know that I'm smart and I know that I'm better than that guy under the bridge, and yet I'm acting crazier than he is. They know. get us to see our behaviors St crazy. Strangely. Strangely. Excuse me, crazy. I went to uh, 
when I was 24, my first, uh, good, our first rehab, um, they gave me the 12-step packet variety of recovery, which, which was a form of moral inventory, moral in tr- as in truth and honest. My drinking history, my financial history, my, my relationship history. It gave me an opportunity to see what damage my drinking and drugging was causing other people. I was p- drinking and living this, this like a horse with blinders on, living my life with complete oblivion to what type of damage and wake I, I'm leaving in the past. I have this life that's complete, but I'm having a great time. My drinking doesn't bother anyone, you know? Right. And for a problem heavy hard drinker to put that stuff down on a piece of paper and go like, whoa, I better not drink anymore. And they can get on with that. We, however, see that same thing. I better not drink again. Can I get a double? (laughs) And and would you say that that didn't have anything to do with you getting sober, but it had something to do with you realizing this strangely, this strange insanity is powerlessness, right? That it led you up to step one rather than, now that I've checked off all the... uh, the boxes and filled everything in, I'm ready to get sober. It didn't really do, because none of that's ever helped me get sober. It certainly showed me where I'm, uh, I I don't have a clear viewpoint. My subjective viewpoint is not clear that I need somebody else. Does anybody else want to share from the, uh, we got somebody coming up here. Uh, Would you get the spray, get the spray, could you spray them down really quick? Just one moment, we got to spray them down. Okay, great. Yeah. Can I have that sprayer? Because I get they walk by me. I'll spray them better. Thank you. <laughs> you have to spray them. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the holy cross. Okay, come by me again. I'll spray you. And this is serious. The flavor is, of rice. This is actual high quality disinfectant. Repels you. Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Hi, Chris. This is some awesome highlighting in this big book. Take up that there. damn thing off your. You did good, didn't he? Yeah, I'll take it off. <laughs> you look like I don't want my good. grand sponsor to see me. You okay. don't want your grand sponsor um, to see you. So. Speak into the microphone too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there's another book uh, that says, you know, remove the the beam from your own eye before you point out the speck in your neighbor's and. That's something that I was considering with my early experiences going to AA meetings. I would go to meetings, and like you said, the people, oh, I don't live under a bridge, or I didn't lose my job, and that sort of thing. But meanwhile, yes. you know, I, I didn't realize, like, you know, my wife has given me, my ex-wife has given me the, the fifth or the sixth ultimatum, and then I don't, I don't see, and then, you know, I went on a, a business trip um, to another state and got, just got drunk in front of my coworkers and embarrassed myself, but it's like, oh, I still have the job. So really no consequences, but, uh, you know, that's not exactly a, a stellar career when you embarrass yourself in front of your entire training class at the corporate headquarters. And, um, so then I shut myself up in an asylum. I remember I, I, it was never, I, I think that's why they say, look for the similarities and not for the differences. Right, because I would always look for the differences and then use that as a justification for why I'm not sick. Right, um, so I shut myself up in asylums, in the psych ward or whatever, just to, to dry out sometimes because I had to uh, dry out to continue to function, I could, to continue to operate, and then I would get out and I would do the exact same thing, and it's uh, not expecting a different result. I know that feeling that I was going for every single time. That's why I did it. And then later on, it says, we will recoil, if I'm tempted, I'll recoil as from a hot flame. And it also says that 
God had restored his sanity later on. That's in, in the agnostics. Spoiler. So we have these, this insanity, right? But we came to, we came, what is the thing? We came, we came, came to, to we came to believe. Um, we have this insanity, but we also have this step two and step three and all the rest of the stuff. I like what Doc says about it being like a wheel. The wheel functions be, with all of the steps. If you take a spoke out of the wheel, that's going to be a pretty crappy wheel. So uh, thank God for the Eventually it gets wobbly in the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, right? Uh, used to steal spokes for I fun. Remember, I remember I worked, at, uh, I worked at Costco in the tire center at one point, and they they told us the importance of tightening all of the lug nuts because there was a wheel-off claim at one point, uh, not from our Costco, but from a different one, where the wheel came off of a car, and that's actually usually pretty catastrophic. It's uh, death and a multimillion-dollar lawsuit, and that, you know that's generally what happens when the wheel comes off. So thank God for this program and this meeting and for your dedication to broadcast it out to the world. Uh, so thank you. What time do you have, by the way? And you have to go the other way. That's a good question. 816. Oh, okay, great. Just walk through it. There we go. The, the flavor of rice repels you. The flavor well, actually, of rice repels you. That's the flavor how you, of rice repels you. That's how you're supposed to put on cologne. You spray it and walk through it. So if we make a spray of disinfectant and walk through it, you see in Italy they've got the that's police why going my through the... smells like a whore. <laughs> Okay, let's see where that's going to go. We're going to start wrapping this up. Uh, for those of you that didn't get a chance to share, call your sponsors, significant uh, partners in AA, and share with everybody. I'd like to thank everyone for being here. You know, next week we were, we're, we're, we're lucky because we got Bill P. going to start a new series of the 12 Traditions. Um, also, Yay. something very exciting we'll get to late, so let's jump to this. First of all, let's thank our reader. And, and, our zoomina- and our Zoominator. Zoom the Zoom Chatcher. Apparently we lost it. And our sound person. Oh, we lost it after a while? Oh, no. Okay. Right. So uh, now we're going to start closing down real quick. And thanks, everybody, for checking in with us and just having fun with us. But seriously, send some money to your local intergroup office. They're struggling. They don't get the donations that they're used to. You know, if one out of ten... People with a year or more sent $100 a year, we could give every big book away free. That's, that would cover all our expenses. Isn't that like $10 a month-ish? Yeah, less. Just auto said that? One out of 10. $10. That's one only one out, out of 10. 10, too. If one out of 10 people sent $100, we would cover all the our expenses free. for the year of yeah. AA. Well, and we better. wouldn't have to sell another book. Good. So... Once again, as he would say, from A Vision for You, page 164, closing, closing, laminator. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit 
and he will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Did you know it is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group members and any other member of Alcoholics Anonymous to enter their sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. So we can't do that, but virtually we can do that. You know, jump on Alcoholics and God, the uh, Facebook page, and, you know, just pop a, pop an introduction to your sponsor to the room of Alcoholics Anonymous. That works just as great. And if anybody's celebrating a year or more of sobriety would like a medallion, maybe you should just go work with a newcomer. Great. If anyone needs a big book sponsor, um, tell your big book. Yeah, if you need to go to a sponsor, just ask, you know, reach, reach out. Um, once again, in the Zooms, you know, try to get a sponsor that's close by, that you can eventually, when this changes, you can maybe meet face-to-face. Uh, it's always nice to have a sponsor who, who sees who you really are, not who you want them to see, because the way you behave on a phone is different than the way you behave in a meeting. Um, can all home, can all home group members wave? Can we see, we'll see you right after, okay, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, I hope to see you next week, we'll have this Zoom thing down better, so next week we'll be officially Zooming out and doing the Facebook page, so people who don't want to Zoom get the opportunity to do that. However, this Thursday we are taking a break from steps. We have an opportunity, we have Docs in the house with us, and a few years, a couple of years ago, my introduction to Doc was the, the step series he had done out at the Little River Clubhouse. I don't remember the name of the group, uh, but it was it was it, it just changed my whole conception of Doc. You know, it might have been sober way out. Yeah, so it might have been sober way out. So uh, join us. It's going to be twelve weeks, thirteen of weeks, tell twelve weeks of traditions, and a thirteenth week of wrapping it all up. Look forward yeah. to that. That's going to be zoominated, yeah. and it's also going to be on the Facebook Live, and we're also still doing the the old fashioned podcast where people want to drive around and not have to like drive off the road watching us. Um, please wait until you're 75 feet of the way from anyone to take off uh, to vape and smoke so we don't like hurt each other's lungs. Wash your hands. Yeah. Uh, thank you for taking the time to come up and do thank it. Thank you for inviting me. We're kind of like the Bing Cos- Crosby and, and David Bowie of, of uh, the little drummer boy thing. Right? Aww. If, if I can be different. <laughs> 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 no, I want to be Bing so I can beat my children. Good. <laughs> so, never a, never a dull moment in Alcoholics and Fort Lauderdale Primary Purposes lately. Uh, we're trying to do... So, hope you guys enjoy us. Um, we're going to close in the Lord's Prayer for everybody in and just wants to join along with the Lord's Prayer. And we'll see you guys Thursday. Thursday. Who's going to bring us from shame to grace when we ask? Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. God bless everybody. Stay safe. Heart is heavy. Soul is thirsty. Body's aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Take
When you laughing, when you laughing, yes, the sun comes shining through. But when you crying. On the rain, so stop your sighing, baby, and be happy again. Yes, and keep on smiling, keep on smiling, baby, and I hope.
Michael Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go.
lifted See the light Count my blessings when I go to sleep at night And I dream now Yeah, I dream now And everything's alright <laughs> Oh, man Going on 10 years old, that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you?
me tea. Got one man that just won't say. 